Blog Talk Radio. Black free thinkers, where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night. Free thought, we don't walk by faith in a lost mind state, cause it's not quite safe. We don't recruit, we're not peers from a church, so don't be spooked, we're not here to convert. The only truth that's not pulled from a text, show me proof that's not good after death. This is the challenge to think for yourself, break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt. 310-982-4273 to get through A venue for community and this is the zone If you'd like to speak with Kim then pick up the phone 310-982-4273 to get through The next tree branch is Rainer and it's best you listen to Reason, science, and skepticism It's loaded with straight facts inspiring and dope She can make Bill Nye retire his lab coat Humans are hilarious and every other Friday I'd like to hear commentary on culture people So I hit up Super Mario and bring in Emmeline To discuss why we're capable of ultra evil It's normal for my brain to have a two-way street But if there's collisions, well then you got to just mention it And don't be afraid of where the truth may lead Ignoring your position of cognitive dissonance When Father Teresa preaches, it's hard to stop So Kim paired me up with Alfred in the barbershop I have a extended family and all these places now As the free thought tree pollinates around this is the challenge to think for yourself. Break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt. 310-982-4273 to get through. A venue for community and this is the zone. If you'd like to speak with Kim, then pick up the phone. 310-982-4273 to get through. Black Where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night. We don't walk by faith in a lost mind state Cause it's not quite safe <laughs> What up, what up, what up? Another Friday and we back up in this mother... <laughs> this is one of your hosts, Mario Ultra Evil, with the wonderful. Rem- I thought you were the dreaded now. Hi everyone, it's Em. Yeah. It's nice to be back, and we are trying out. We're experimenting with a new time. We're here two hours earlier because our listeners on the East Coast were complaining that the show came on so late at the start of the weekend. So we are experimenting with this time. Um, what the sun is still out and everything. So no more complaints, please. Um, how's everyone well, doing know, this Friday? How are you? I'm doing all right. Um, it feels kind of good to be, you know, having a Friday evenings off. They used to. The reason why, the reason for the original time schedule is because uh, of my work schedule, and sometimes I would get off so late, so uh, so late in the day that I wouldn't have enough time to be prepared for the show. But now, <laughs> now I have Fridays to uh, kick it and talk and. Jazz about what you find, people. Yep, yep. So today's show is is um about not so skeptical skeptics. You know, as free thinkers, we have left behind the idea of a god or gods, and 
and angels and demons. Actually, not even all of us have left behind angels and demons, but we have left no, behind no. the idea of a god and gods. Some of us still cling to angels and demons and afterlives, but there are some other things that um, also have um, little to no validation for them that skeptics, self-proclaimed skeptics and freethinkers still adhere to. And that's exactly. what we'll be talking about tonight, about these other irrational beliefs that non-believers can hold. Um, before we get into our topics, um, I want to give a shout-out to Compass 120 Apparel. Um, this is a T-shirt company for the fashion-minded freethinker. They have a wide variety of really amazing um, T-shirts for um, freethinkers, um, atheists and agnostics, and the atheists and agnostics in your life. Um, their website is compass120.com. And their Facebook page is Compass 120 Apparel, so go ahead and like them. And the coupon code for um, the, our listeners tonight is BFT Radio. That's BFT Radio, and that'll give you a 10% off. Um, I'll announce it again um, after the first hour and before we end the segment. But feel free to go on over there and like that Facebook page and use that code to get yourself an awesome t shirt. I just got mine delivered this week. And it has the signatures of four really awesome um, black freethinkers, including my favorite, W.E.B. Dubois. So please go pick up one of their t-shirts. Actually, is that the red one? Is that the red, red and white one? Yeah, that's the red one. That's the red yeah. one with the, with, the, with the white signatures. <clears throat> with the, with the, white, the last ones are in white, and the signatures are beneath them in black. Right. And um, right, um, this is the yeah, yeah, I'm ever going to get to actually having W.E.B. Dubois' signature, so I will take it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, they uh yeah, you, you should check them out. They have a lot of a lot of good good designs and stuff like that. Really cool, really funky. It's not just I mean, I like black and everything, but it's it's not just the the Scarlet A and whatnot. There are a lot of pretty cool designs and stuff. So, you know, yeah, you're supporting um local uh black business. Well local if you live in Atlanta. Yes, speaking of local, um, I should also point out for um, our international listeners and their website, compass120.com, they do ship internationally and take various forms of currency. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Yep. So back to our show topic. There are so many, I didn't even realize, so many irrational beliefs that free thinkers hold and that oh, I was yeah. not aware of. Um, yeah, really, I've ended up in a, quite a few arguments about a lot of stuff too. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yep, yep. Um, yeah, um, it's there. The the big one for a lot of atheists is karma. So I think we should get into that uh, first yeah. because it's mm-hmm. huh. I did um our last show, which was part one of lesser known religions. I briefly discussed what karma means in Hinduism, but karma has taken on a lot of different um, meanings mm-hmm. and connotations depending on who you are addressing it to. Um, oh, you know, like in short, it is a concept of action or deed which is understood as cause and effect um, in Sanskrit to samsara. Um, and, um, or, you know, the biblical adage of you reap what you sow. Right. Um, so let me go get down here. Um, the In Hinduism, 
um, they believe that um, the comic the comic view is expressed as the following. God does not make one suffer for no reason, nor does he make one happy for no reason. God is very mm-hmm. fair and will give you exactly what you deserve. Um, yeah. And this is why I think a lot of people in, in, in Western culture see this as something like you do bad things to people, bad things will happen to you. You do good things to people, good things will happen to you. And while the Hindus do believe in such a thing as reward and retribution, depending on the various, which of the various godheads you are worshipping, that is not what they mean by karma. Mm-hmm. Like if you have shady business practices, your business will fail. Um, if you're mean to your children, your children are probably going to abandon you in old age. This is closer to what they mean by karma, not just you being nice to a random person for the sake of being nice to a random person, and then the universe will magically reward you at the hands of a completely unrelated person or unrelated event. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> um now, the thing about the karma that always really upset me, especially um, um, the summary of the theistic view of karma, is that I think this really opens the door for victim blaming. Like if something bad happens to someone, well, that didn't just happen to you for no reason. What did you do to bring this upon yourself? It's very, very easy to um, to not only victim blame, but see people who might be um, materially successful but not exactly good people as worthy of emulation because, oh, well, they must have done something right. They have money and they have a nice house and they have a nice car. Well, this might mean they have good business practices, but not necessarily that they are a good person. I think that view of karma kind of just opens the floodgates for um, a lot of faulty thinking and faulty reasoning. In Shikhism, um, it is seen that all living beings are described as being under the influence oh. of, the, of the Maya's three qualities. Um, well, you know, uh, you just sow the seeds, you reap the seeds, and no more, no less. You re- harvest exactly what you sow. There's not anything extra coming your way. All right, so, you know... Um the thing about that, that, you know, that always cracks me up is that people, is the common, the commonly held and understood, you know, accepted and used idea of karma, um, people, you know, tend to believe that, you know, like you were saying, um, that the, 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 the erroneous idea is that you do something bad, something bad is going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I posited to someone that, well, what did you do to get something bad to happen to you from the beginning? From the beginning, and normally that's when it's like you know um, someone has something to say that's kind of odd or something like that without a direct answer to the question. And because I'm like, if you, if this is what happened, if this happened to you, why did it happen to you? Did you deserve it? And mm-hmm. we get into this whole little funky thing about discussing, you know, what it really means and how it how it affects their lives and everything. I took the idea what goes around comes around. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you put out, you know, and this goes back to something else that I was uh, uh, that I was someone was talking to me about. What you put into the universe comes back to you. Mm. Like there's somebody out there with a cosmic clipboard recording what you're doing, so that hey, hey, uh, you screw somebody over, it's your turn to be screwed over, 
I recorded it. I know you're full of shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I just, that whole, and That's also, the other thing about karma back, because when you're talking about that, and I'm so glad about the karmic clipboard, when you speak in those sort of terms, a goes yeah. down, comes down, the universe knows. Like, hold, the universe is not a um, sentient entity. It is right. many organisms, okay? Um, there's no mm-hmm. Godhead. There is no, like, there is no figure at the top of that pyramid watching you. Um, to say that you do not believe in a God, but then turn around and be like, oh, yeah, the universe knows, karma. Okay, how does the universe know? How is the universe doing yeah. this? And in, in, in actuality, you are still saying that just like the religious person um, says that God rules their life, you are still adhering to that mentality that you are merely a puppet on a string. Um, in one form or another. Right. Right. Because, like you said, it it points out it it, it has victim blaming. That's saying that starving kid in Africa is deserving what he's he's going through. You know, Mm -hmm. somehow or another, this kid deserves to suffer to death. You know, thank you. I'm so glad you brought that up because, again, um, even if you don't see it that way, and I know a lot of people who, who believe in karma don't see it that way, they have a very selfish idea of karma, just what they can do and the good and bad that can happen in their life. But if you believe in karma, it cannot just be something that is adhered to you, that that um that affects you, but something that affects all people. And please mm-hmm. tell me what that 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 three or two month old in Africa did that they are starving to death and they have malaria right now. You know, at that mm-hmm. point, you have to just concede that your 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 belief in karma is complete and utter nonsense. I honestly feel that karma is a crutch for people who are yeah. emotionally immature. You don't want to just deal with the fact that, and the people who talk about karma the most are the ones that always have the most BS going on in their lives. Don't want to accept the fact that um, this thing is going bad. Bad things are happening. So they're just like, you know what, I need to get my good karma up. I need to start doing nice things, and then this will change for me. It's like, no, no, it's it's not going to change for you. You need to grow up and understand that good and bad things happen to all people. It is It is a side effect of living in a world that can be very chaotic. It's also a side right. effect of the statistical chance brought about by living in a world surrounded by other people whose actions affect right. us directly and indirectly. It happens. Get over it. <laughs> yep. You know, you know, it it really is. Um, it becomes it becomes a rash. It becomes, and we'll probably repeat this, but it becomes an incredible thing when someone can confidently say there is no God in religion is BS. But, oh, don't worry, there's some cosmic force recording everything I do to pay me back when I screw somebody over. Now, mm-hmm. again, you know, she already, she's already explained the more, the more correct definition of karma. I'm speaking about the, 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 the uh, uh, idea of karma that I see positive around, especially in Facebook and you know, people use it repeatedly, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, and there's, a, there's a different definition of karma that is 
applied in Jainism. Jainism is one of the lesser-known religions that we'll be covering in Part 2 of Lesser-Known Religions in two weeks from now. I didn't get around to explaining the religion. Before. But it has its own, um, well, excuse me, not next week, um, not in two weeks, in four weeks from now is our next show. And in Jainism, karma is understood as karmic dirt, the very subtle microscopic particles that pervade the entire universe. Karmas are attracted to the karmic field of the soul due to vibrations created, created by activities of the mind, speech, and body, as well as various mental dispositions. So pretty much um, vibrations, think, yeah. think positive thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. there, now, there is something to be said about that. Um, you know, thinking negatively can have a great impact on, on us psychologically, emotionally, and sometimes even physically. But again, this is how you relate to you, which makes a lot more sense than just thinking that your actions are going to somehow transfer to other people and then the universe will bless you in return or or, or punish you in return. Right. Pretty much a, a matter of how you see yourself, your positive thoughts, your positive actions leading to a positive outcome, pretty much keeping, making sure that every aspect of your being is in sync to a certain goal in order to achieve it. This has been proven Which, to to hold merit time and time again. Yeah, um, that, the that Buddhist and Hindu sense. definitions of karma do not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and that, you know, that makes a lot of sense. You know, the attitude you have about things, you know, can transfer to the things that you do. You know, the, your, your work, you know, the, the hobbies that you have, it, you know, stuff like that. I mean, if you're an insanely negative person, how about everything that you look look at and observe in this world is going to have a negative tint on it. And you're going to have this whole, oh, you know, you know shit, it, I, you know, fuck it, you know. I don't, you know, you, you, you can't have that mentality about everything. And and it, I've been gotten into arguments with, uh, with discussions with friends about this and would say go into a situation or a relationship with a negative outlook from the outset, poisoning whatever, whatever they are trying to do, and then blaming the other person or another situation for the outcome of that instead of realizing you went in this wrong from the outset. Your, the, the way you were looking at it was already wrong. Of course it was doomed to failure because you doomed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think here. I think with with the, the karmic Buddhist and even the the shik, um, um, um interpretations of karma, and of course the Western interpretation of karma, um, there's a lot of confirmation bias involved, which is something mm-hmm. that a lot, I see a lot of atheists, you know, refute when the believer says, oh, yeah, I totally believe because, you know, my family was in a horrible car accident and we came out unscathed and the other, everybody else involved in the accident died. There must be a God. Um, yeah, you, know, you know, they'll rebuke that and they'll talk about, oh, you're so selfish, not only that, like this is confirmation bias, where was God for all those other people? But they don't apply that to their own idea of karma. I found ten dollars, good karma. It's probably you know, um, it's probably because of that 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 two dollars I gave to the homeless person the other day, um, and that's why I found the ten dollars in my own pocket that I most likely forgot there. Um, this is confirmation bias, but they don't see it that way um, because apparently. It's not illogical and it's not irrational if God isn't involved. But my whole problem with karma is whether you understand you're doing it or not, 
you are admitting that there is a greater power watching everything that you and everyone else does. Right. Right. And and, and that right there, you know, because um, I've had somebody tell me that uh, when it was something I, I did for someone. Um, there was a woman walking down the street. It was summertime. I was getting ready to go because I was headed. Yeah, I was headed out to the airport to catch uh, a ride to the atheist convention um, in the thing was Des Moines that time. Uh, catch a plane, and so I come outside, put myself in the car, and there's this old woman down the walking up the street, and she looks like she's about about to keel over. So she asked me for a ride. To her, to her house, and I, I gave her one and everything. Mm-hmm. And so I was t- now she's a Christian, so she's talking to me this whole time about, you know, how you know I need to get right with God, with even though God did, wasn't the one that told me to pick her up, and she was talking to godly people, quote unquote, when she got left in the first place. But that's neither here nor there. But I told someone mm-hmm. about that, and so their first thing is saying the universe is going to pay you back for that. I'm like, first, I don't require the universe to pay me back for anything. And who who is keeping track of this shit? I mean, you, you mean if you don't believe there's a higher power, you don't believe there's a God, then where's your answer for who is keeping track of this stuff and how is it being tracked? Who is recording what I did enough to give it back to me? You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's a barcode or something. Is there a membership ring or something? Let me know what's going on because I I kind of find it all to be ridiculously humorous that somebody can tell me that God does not exist, but, oh, don't worry. Don't worry. Um, there's, there's some type of universal being keeping track of everything you do. I look at that and, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Straight on up. Okay. Um, now that we've covered karma, we're going to go on to Mario's personal favorite. I know you love this so much, Mario. Astrology. Believe it. Believe it, man. Astrology. Yay. Okay. Astrology basically comprises of several systems of of um, divination, um, so to speak. In each type of astrology, and there is... Indian, Western, Chinese, Mayan, and um, Gaelic astrology. And they're divided into 12 different signs. And they are divided, those signs are divided into um, um, quantaries with three signs in each, um, excuse me, quaternary, with three signs in each quaternary. The one, the type of astrology that most people are familiar with are is Western astrology, which comprises of of um, you know twelve different animal animals and they, what they do. So just for last, I'm going to um, do Mario's astrology chart. Uh, Mario, what's your sign? Virgo. Virgo. Okay. <laughs> Okay, Virgo is born August 24th through September 23rd. Mm-hmm. The key phrase in the life of a Virgo is, I serve. Virgos are a doer. They do for others. Um, the totem sign is a virgin. I think this is like the only anim- the only um, zodiac sign that doesn't have an animal but an actual like being. 
Um, this is the sixth sign of the, the, the zodiac. Um, it's an earth sign. Key characteristics of the Virgo are loving, susceptible, sympathetic, sensual, faithful, instinctive, charitable, overreactive, and moody. Virgos are most compatible with the star signs Taurus, Scorpio, Capricorn, and Pisces. Did I say something wrong? The astrology is never (laughs) wrong, Mario. (laughs) I'm not moody, damn it. I'm not moody. Uh Shit. I ain't moody. I had a monster correctly. (laughs) Your lucky days are Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Um, your ruling planet is Saturn. <laughs> Excuse me, your ruling planet is Mercury. Your love planet is Saturn. Your finance planet is Venus, and your speculation planet is Saturn. Your career planets are Mercury, Mars, and Pluto. Your spiritual and karmic planets are Venus mean? and Saturn. Your, your, wait, it gets better. Your friendship planet is the moon because the moon is now a planet, and your destiny planet is Saturn. Yeah. What the fuck does it? All right, how the fuck do I have a financial planet? All right, I mean, basically, when this planet is rising, I'm a, I'm a huge astrology buff. Like, I was really huge into astrology. I know so much about astrology. Basically, what it means as far as finance planet, when Venus is rising, Venus being your finance planet, that means they're going to come into money, or this is a good time to go into business, or this is a good time to change careers, anything career-minded. Your love planet is Saturn, so if, if, if Saturn is rising, um, then it's a good time for love and your relationships or your love will blossom. But if Saturn is in retrograde, you better watch out because shit's about to hit the fan. It's bad for you. <laughs> all right, um, first of all, before I go on my rant, let me play a um, clip by Carl Sagan. Astrology business. Fundamentally, it's the contention that which constellations the planets are in at the moment of your birth profoundly influences your future. A few thousand years ago, the idea developed that the motions of the planets determine the fates of kings, dynasties, empires. Astrologers studied the motions of the planets and asked themselves what had happened last time that, say, Venus was rising in the constellation of the goat. Maybe something similar would happen this time as well. It was a subtle and risky business. Astrologers became employed only by the state. In many countries, it became a capital offense for anyone but the official astrologer to read the portents in the skies. Why? Because a good way to overthrow a regime was to predict its downfall. Chinese court astrologers who made inaccurate predictions were executed. Others simply doctored the records so that afterwards they were in perfect conformity with it. Astrology developed into a strange discipline, a mixture of careful observations, astrology business. Okay. I love Carl Sagan. He makes tons of sense. But real quick before you say anything, I just want to point out that astrology does not predict your future. It, it's only meant to tell you everything about your personality. Um, there's, your future is done through prediction uh, by psychics or people who claim to be psychics who use your astrological sign to predict your daily horoscope. Your horoscope, the daily horoscope is what tells you your future. I find this to be some bullshit, and I can't help but be so irritated when I'm dealing with atheists who will tell a, non, tell a believer, 
you are wrong because you have no proof of it, and anecdotal evidence is not evidence. Saying it happened to me, so therefore it must be true, is a bogus way to explain some shit. So if you're going to tell me that there's a fucking two, three, four, five billion-year-old planet that existed before we as an entire species were even thought about, and it's up there and it somehow influences shit that was only invented within the last few thousand years that affect my daily life, then you have got to come up with some serious proof other than what it works for me. And if you're a non-believer, then you ought to know that that's some bullshit from the outset. So what are you sitting there telling me then is that I'm an atheist, but <laughs> but there's an asterisk by that and the fact that I still believe some ridiculous shit because it works for me. I'm cool with it. Hey, I'm not going to date a Virgo because this sign is incompatible with me. There are only 12 different types of personality. You're an asshole, therefore I can't date you because you're an asshole based on when you were born, not the fact that you're just an asshole. So Hitler got the luck of the draw in the whole asshole department because when he was born, he observed all the asshole in that month and just went on an asshole spree. If he had been born in January, <laughs> he'd have been cool. <sighs> Yeah, pretty much. This is pretty much what astrology is. There are 12 basic personalities. And then numerology, which we will get into later, picks up where astrology leaves off as far as telling you about yourself. Um, now, the thing about astrology, and like I said, I was a huge astrology buff. I know a lot about Western um, um, astrology, is that it also relies on confirmation bias. It has something good to say about every sign. But in my case, even the bad things it said about my sign with the exception of one thing, were completely accurate. So I'm like, dude, this is 99% accurate for me. It must be the same for everybody. And I was a teenager. We all make mistakes. And even as an adult, I would see people who embody the characteristics of their sign, and then that would lead to further confirmation bias. Um, right. Um, yeah, just FYI, Mario. Hmm? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll say it in a I said, um, FYI, just spray some lavender into the air because it's one of your lucky fragrances as a Virgo. And it's Friday. This is one of your lucky days. <laughs> it also goes on to tell you a whole bunch of other stuff about yourself. Let me go see what it has to say about my zodiac sign. I'm a Taurus. We're represented by the bull. Our life phrase is, I possess. Key characteristics. Um, security conscious, resolute, sensual, dependable, faithful, secure, proud, obstinate, and decisive. Um, ruling planet Venus, love planet Mercury and Mars, finance planet Mercury, speculation planet Mercury, career planet Saturn and Uranus, spiritual and karmic planet Saturn and Mercury, friendship planet Jupiter and Neptune, destiny planet Mercury. My lucky days are ironically enough the same as your lucky days. Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. And my most compatible star signs are Virgo, Gemini, Cancer, um, um, Capricorn, Pisces, and Aries. And, you know, it's so weird that they say this because this is the very first time ever that they've told me that I'm incompatible with a Scorpio. Every other, you know, astrology site, whatever, says that Taurus and Scorpio 
are the best and the worst match. With a Taurus and a Scorpio, it's either absolute love or absolute hate. Nothing, nothing ever in the middle. So, again, depending on what site you go to and what book you're reading, they'll tell you some different stuff. Exactly. Um, you know, and I just think it's all... And uh, I got one more quote quote by Carl Sagan. It was only a minute and a half. And let's run it. Anyway, all right. Basically, it goes on to tell me a little bit more, actually. It says, if you're a Taurian born between the 20th of April and the 29th, which I am, you are undouble under the influence of Venus. You're sensual, loving, and destined to be lucky in love. Now, that's the biggest lie okay. ever. <laughs> <laughs> that is a lie. Horoscope, I mean, um, astrology chart, that is a lie. Um, and it, it says some things about you, too. I'm going to go back to to the Virgo page because it was so hilarious because I was like, this does not describe Mario at all. Um, what is what, when exactly is your birthday? I forget. August 27th. Okay, so you're born between August 24th and September 3rd. It says um, you are a quiet achiever and prefer anonymity to being a showstopper, which is kind of true. But then it goes on to say that um, you are always outgoing, and love to be the center of attention. Shit. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's quite confusing. Um, there is the, um, the the what I love is the Vedic Zodiac. Have you ever seen that before? Um, the who? The Vedic Zodiac. Um, it's like mm-hmm. in it's like a Hindu zodiac, and it's done based on like it's done based on um, different planets, and there's also like a Gaelic astrology that's done based on like trees. Um, hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna look up the signs because they're hilarious. <laughs> they're like really really hilarious. Celtic tree astrology, that's what it's called, or otherwise known as the Gaelic zodiac. Um, let me see. You know, uh, offhand, while you're looking on looking at that, you know, I uh, I just wondered, you know, in, in all this, a lot of this stuff is based on what the son bitch that came up with astrology was looking at. If he'd have seen a rabbit instead of a, a bull, you'd have been thinking something completely different. But because he played correct, connect the dots in a different way, not to mention the fact, first of all. The way that you look at stars, okay, he's playing connect the dots with light from stars that are already dead. The light you're seeing is light that has already left that planet, I mean, uh, star millions of years ago. That planet, that light is already here. That star is already dead. So, you know, you know the idea that, you know, this song been saw a bull and you know, hey, yeah, let's uh, let's run with that because uh, you know, hey, um, it's a bull. Can't be anything else. It's a billion dots in the sky, but I see a bull. Let's all run with what I say. We're gonna agree with that, right? And that's the way it was figured out. And I just well, really find it hilarious. 
Yeah. That works. Your philosophy works for Western astrology, but they have they have their bases covered, Mario. Because what do you know about Gaelic, the zodiac, otherwise known as the Celtic tree astrology? They it's based on the trees that are on our planet, um, and they are they're broken up in you know the months of the year, just like Western astrology. There's the Rowan tree for those um, January 22nd to February 18th, the ash tree. Um, then the alder tree, the willow tree, that's my sign. Um, willow individuals are intelligent and stubborn. They are powerful allies and fierce opponents. They can be secretive, making it difficult to get to know the real them. Family is really important to them. So you've been hiding so, shit, huh? <laughs> yes, I've been hiding tons of shit. They excel as teachers and in positions where they can influence the public. Your sign would be... Um, hold on, after the willow, there is the hawthorn, the oak, the holly, and yours, which is the hazel. Hazel people are clever and de- detail-oriented, often analyzing every situation. They tend to have low self-worth and a lot of nervous energy. Their strength is in their mind. They are great planners and organizers and often excel as scholars. Then after that, we have the vine, the ivy, the reed, the elder, and the birch tree. Hmm, that's that's quite interesting. Uh let me uh let's take a call right quite right quick and then um Ooh, I got the, on the line. then I got one more Carl Sagan um uh uh <laughs> thingy bob. All righty. Um three one two I'll let you boy. Yeah. Hi, uh this is uh Christian, aka Christian the atheist. How you doing? Hi, mm-hmm. Nice to have you. Hey, Emily. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm actually at work right now. I was like, you know what? I'm going to call in because I haven't called in before. So, Thank I want you. to. And I like what you're saying. <laughs> I like everything you're saying, especially the fact that those people were looking at light from dead stars. You know, I mean, come on. You know, I mean, but I do understand how some people can't believe that stuff because. You know, it's subjective, and it it depends on, you know, the person reading it at that point in time because, you know, I've seen people looking at things and and utilizing astrology to base their days off of or weeks or where they go, you know. And, you know, they just don't understand that it's them making everything go as planned. So, but um, as far as other irrational beliefs that atheists hold, uh, I'm one that has witnessed people use karma as a reason for not doing things, and and some of them still thinking uh, think that we have some sort of collective consciousness, and you know those things are just, in my opinion, just as bad as religious beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. They can be, especially when you take it to that level where you base all your life's decisions around your belief in that thing. Because there are actually yep. people that won't date someone based on zodiac sign or that won't give their child a certain name because of something that has to do with numerology or the cabularian philosophy or they won't go out on a certain day because their daily horoscope said not to. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I just, I just, I really, I just, I can't Im- imagine the frustration I have in which when we're arguing with believers, we're all in sync. You can't prove this. Anecdotal evidence doesn't count. The Bible doesn't count because the Bible can't prove itself. 
and stuff like that, we're all in point. But then we get into astrology, all of a sudden now I'm the non-believer and they are the believer. And it's an, it's an incredible paradox to be arguing with people who challenge irrational belief and then hold an irrational belief and tell you that either you're not understanding it or you're, you don't have so, uh, or it wasn't explained right, and it's true because it happens to them and it happens to people I know. I don't date I don't date Sagittarius anymore because I don't get I don't get along with Sagittarius. And last two three boyfriends or girlfriends I had were Sagittarius, and it didn't work. It could have not worked because these people were just simply the wrong people for you to be with, or you are twisted in some way. I don't know, but you're subscribing to the fact that it was when they were born. That had all everything to do with this, and mm-hmm. I got to argue with you with that, and I got to argue yeah. with somebody who isn't is supposed to be intelligent enough to discern rational belief from irrational belief, and yet I'm having to have this discussion. You know? Yeah, I agree. I mean, growing up as a Taurus, you know, my mom knew a lot about the zodiac as well, and again, is this where the confirmation bias comes in because? She's the quintessential Aries, the way that they are described in textbooks. And like I was the quintessential Taurus, and she would always say when we got in arguments, oh, you're being stubborn. It's because you're a Taurus. Everyone knows that that's a sign that is like, you know, stereotyped as being the most stubborn people on the Zodiac, bullheaded. That, oh, you're just arguing with me because you're a Taurus. I'm thinking to myself, no, I'm arguing with you because you're wrong. (laughs) But... But um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of like you know, um, Virgos and Scorpios are are stereotyped as being really moody. Um, the Capricorns are stereotyped as being really really childish. There's always so many stereotypes. And I think with so many people that use things like zodiac to to like in intercourse to direct their interpersonal relationships, um, it's could be not just confirmation bias, but it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy because every person is is capable of every behavior. Even the calmest person, the most um, congenial person, is capable of being angry and stubborn. But let's say this happened to be that person's zodiac sign that said they were stubborn, then you're, you're, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy then. You see them get angry once. And then you blame their zodiac, and then you're like, oh, well, that's why I shouldn't be with them. I should have known better because I can't be with that zodiac sign. They're crazy. Right, right. And let me right. um, let me play this, this little clip right quick. And um, oh, you still you still working? You on lunch break or something? Oh, me, man, Kristen? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm on a break right now. I'm oh, on a break. okay, cool. Not a lunch break, just a break. <laughs> Say man, I was I had it like that to be you know chilling on the phone and on the radio and getting paid and everything. Like, shit, nah, I right? Ain't that work, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, right, hold on a second. Be tested. Astrology can be tested by the lives of twins. There are many real cases like this. One twin is killed in childhood in say a riding accident or is struck by lightning, but the other lives to a prosperous old age. Suppose. That happened to me. My twin and I would be born in precisely the same place and within minutes of each other. Exactly the same planets would be rising at our births. If astrology were valid, how could we have such profoundly different fates? It turns out that astrologers can't even agree among themselves what a given horoscope means. 
in careful tests, they're unable to predict the character and future of people they know nothing else about except the time and place of birth. All right, this, uh, th- those two excerpts that I played were um, Carl Sagan on the show Cosmos. It's, you can find it on YouTube. It's a great, it's a great show. Um, and Carl Sagan is, you know, he he's really charismatic. He's very knowledgeable about what he's talking about. And it's, it's, you know, if you can watch documentaries and listen to someone talk about something um, that has a lot of information, so there's not a lot of action or anything like that. If you can listen to that, then check out the the show, and you can probably find one. I think it's on Netflix, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. I think the last wow. form of the Zodiac that I want to discuss before we get off Zodiac and get into the other topics is Chinese Zodiac. Um, oh, yeah. And that Zodiac works a bit differently. It doesn't work by months of the year, um, but the years themselves, each year has a symbol. There are 12 symbols, and yours comes around every 12 years. Um, right. So hold on, I'm going to find my animal because I can never remember my animal. Um, I believe it's very similar to my my my, my zodiac um, my zodiac um, sign, which was hold on, not that one. Still trying to find out what year were you born, Mario? No, uh, 1979. See, I'm not afraid to share my birthday. <laughs> um, oh, I found mine. I, no, I didn't find mine. Never mind. <laughs> um, 79, 79. Um, what? It's September, though, right? Uh, no. Wait, well, September, mine? August. August. August, August 79. Hmm. August 79. Um, yeah, the only person I ever remember is my mom, who was born in the year of the dragon, which is like supposed to be the luckiest one of them all. Um, Bruce Lee was yeah. born in the year of the dragon. <laughs> Even if I don't believe it, to say that you were born under the star of the dragon, that just sounds pretty damn cool. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though I don't believe in it. Well, I wanted to say something about the twin thing because I have a twin. And that, you know, uh, what he said about that is totally true because although we are a lot of like a lot alike in many ways, we are very different in many ways. And for for people to really want to measure or at least try to look at it critically, they could look at twins. But you know, people have that cognitive dissonance thing going about them. Yeah. Okay, I found your animal, um, Mario, um, which is the sheep slash goat um, or ram. Um, This is among the animals that people like most, gentle and calm. Um, The strengths of the sheep. People under this sign are tender, polite, filial, clever, and kind-hearted. They have special sensitivity to art and beauty, faith in a certain religion. Mm. <laughs> and a special fondness for quiet living. They are wise, gentle, compassionate, and can cope with business cautiously and circumspectly. In their daily life, they try to be economical. Weaknesses. They are shy, pessimistic. Oh, they're calling you moody again. Moody. 
indecisive, <laughs> oversensitive, weak-willed, and puzzled about life. Mm. You know, calling me moody is the same thing as saying I'm a violent person. And I kick a mother's ass for calling me a violent person. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, mine... But why I got to be a sheep, though, man? That's... I don't know. I don't know. Hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm finding mine here. Um, blah. Let me just tell them what my birthday is and they can figure it out for me. Because I really want to see, like, the way these things contradict one another. There's always so much contradiction when you go to the various ones of the Zodiac. Um, it's crazy. And it's kind of like you pick one and, that, and it fits for you and you're just going to make it work because they told you everything that you already know about yourself. And my animal mm. is the ox, um, which is kind of very similar to the ram. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I mean to the bull, to the bull, which was my sign in the Western zodiac. The bull strengths people born in this year, um, 1985, are probably honest. What the hell does probably honest mean? <laughs> <laughs> Industrious, patient and cautious and do things steadily. They are talented leaders with strong will and faith, strong devotion to work and staying power, not easily affected by others and their surroundings. Make a clear distinction between right and wrong. Women under this sign are usually good wives who pay special attention to their children's education. They're tender hearted, amiable, tempered and and generally honest. Again, with this generally honest crap, weaknesses, <laughs> obstinate, poor at communication. Really? Am I a poor communicator? <laughs> um, prudish and distant, not feminine or charming or lively enough. What? <laughs> I'm offended. I'm really offended right now. <laughs> I'm like seriously wounded. This cuts me deep. Um, so our next um, not-so-skeptical belief that kind of ties right into astrology is the horoscope. Tons and tons of free thinkers subscribe to this idea of the daily horoscope that's going to tell you exactly what's going to happen in your day, your year, whatever, um, and based uh, you want, on you want, your sign. Well, let me take this call right quick in case you want to refer uh, – Chris, the call I want to refer to what we just talked about. I did. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, I, four, four, three. Run it. Four, four, three. You go. Four, four, three. Are you talking yes. to me? Hello. Yeah. Yes. Hello. Yeah. Yes. Hello. Who's speaking? We're here, man. We're here, man. Oh, okay. Um, I'm a Leo. Are we compatible? To the, um, to are you and Mario compatible? I hope no. <laughs> um, let me see. Let me check. Um, Do you actually go Leo's, by Leo's? <laughs> Leo's are. No, we're not compatible. You are too stubborn and strong-willed for me. Sorry. Oh. I'm upset. <laughs> You're upset. <laughs> Who's speaking? 
Bruce. Hi, Bruce. Hi, Emily. Yeah. yeah, apparently they, they 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 just said that um, Aries and Leo are the very worst matches for Taurus. Uh. Sorry, the world's a world's a messed up place, man. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm still not watching, looking at your picture. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Your voice sounds good. Thank okay, you so cool. much. You, y'all, um, you know, you want to uh, kind of, you know, Skype or send an inbox or something, man? Oh, we're cool. Um, well, yeah, please. Our next well, topic. <laughs> um, oh, I just wanted to uh, get, get to the next topic before we derail the show. Um, all right, then look here. Next- you got to save your damn your sexting is your sex talk from another time, man. You can't be doing all that on <laughs> on the line. We got this is a family show, damn it. <laughs> Where about that um, call to hand to you? I like I ain't like I ain't on the line and shit. Yeah, Mario's <laughs> here ahead. and he would totally love to be like auditorially seduced. Sensual seduction guys. Make it happen. <laughs> um <laughs> All right. Um the next topic are horoscopes. Um, people know about the Daily Horoscope, um, MSN and Yahoo and the like give you your Daily Horoscopes. There are tons of psychics that use the horoscope as well as tarot, which will be our next topic, um, to divine your day, your year, your month, your future, and tell you what's going to happen in your life. Right. Not to be confused with astrology, which only tells you about yourself and and try to tell you about the personalities of the people around you as well, the horoscope seeks to tell you your future. Um, one of the ways they do this is doing a natal chart. For people that do not know what a natal chart is, a natal chart is something in which you put not only the, the, the month, date, and year of your birth, but the exact time and place of your birth, so we'll know exactly what the night sky and the constellation above you looked like at the time that you were born. Um, this gets all the people that were, done, that were born on the cusp like right between two different um, zodiac signs, um, it, it maps. It does your celestial map, your sky chart. Then we know your sun sign, which are the zodiac signs, and your moon signs, your vitasphere, your radial chart. It all sounds very complex, but it's really not. This is another branch of pseudoscience, and um, the 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 entomology of horoscope is from the Sanskrit term horo for hora. Um, mm-hmm. The the in the Latin word horoscopus, ultimately from Greek, from the Greek word, um, which means observer of the hour of birth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the horoscope basically. Remember how I was telling you about your finance sign and your love sign and your luck sign and all that jazz. Well, depending on the movement of these planets, that's how your daily horoscope is determined, based on your sign and the movement of your specific determining um, determinary planetary alignments. Right. And basically, these get recycled, like literally. I have kept magazines. Um, I had a subscription to um, fitness, men's health, women's health, and Cosmo, and... um, over the course of two years, I would take the Cosmo from, like, 2008 and the Cosmo from 
from April 2008 and the costume from April 2009, and the horoscope uh-huh. would be exactly the same for my sign, exactly the same. The only thing that would change are the words. They would use words that were synonymous with the words. Like instead of saying, you're going to meet a gorgeous guy this month and have a steamy affair, Cosmo would say that I would meet a particularly handsome gentleman and have a a luxurious tryst. It sounds so well, different. Oh, I have a horoscope prediction. I have horoscope predictions for... Uh, some of the gentlemen that like to call in and sexually harass the female host. <laughs> Thank you. Stars say you're going to get permanently banned. The star says if you continue doing it, I will press charges. And that's what you the star was. I, I was just I just whipped out my tarot card and it says exactly the same thing. Yes, mm-hmm. it must be true. Yes, yeah, I, I think it is. My tarot is the exact same thing. But, yeah, that's how the horoscope works. Um, Actually, just for kicks, I'm going to pull up my daily horoscope. Um, um, Daily horoscope for Taurus. And I'm going to see what my horoscope said today. Um, Today, August 16, 2013, you're likely to be even quicker on the uptake than usual, Taurus. Conversation will be brisk and lively. You may feel like the conductor of a symphony. You're able to understand and follow all the diff- different harmonies and melody lines while keeping your own steady beat running through your head. The music you make with others will be magical. And doesn't that just put you in a good mood, like, for no yeah. reason whatsoever, even though nothing has happened yet? I People read this, like, upon waking up. And nothing's happened in their day yet, but they're all jazzed because it sounds so special. Mario, your horoscope says, ideas aren't cheating today, Virgo. You may feel like a kid in a candy store seeing cheats for the first time. New concepts oh. are pulling you in, and you love every minute of it. Run with That's it. Right. Your mind is exploring new realms, and you shouldn't try to hold it back. Collect the data now and sort through it later. This is a time for adventure. This is all about Mario. Mario's gonna have a good damn skin, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused about what kind of day Mario should be having because it keeps telling me that he's really moody and has low self esteem, but now they're telling me he's like a kid in the candy store. Well, given the fact that I destroyed my second phone in less than two weeks, uh, you know, um, I I kind of disagree that I'm, I'm I'm a kid in the candy store right now. I am pretty moody, and I need to go find some really short dudes to just punch in the face, man. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Read Capricorn for kicks and giggles. Capricorn, you got it. Give me a minute. Um, Capricorn, Capricorn, Capricorn. Um, Daily Horoscope for Capricorn. You may feel a great urge to dive headfirst into a project, Capricorn. Perhaps there's a plot of ground that you want to turn into a garden. Dig your hands into the soil. Maybe there's a craft or art form that you can't wait to learn about and develop. Be careful that you don't start too many different projects and leave them all unfinished. Mm -hmm. Very good. 
Very good. I don't awesome. believe in horoscopes, but hey, for kicks and giggles, since that's what we're talking about tonight, I say go for it. But you know, just to weigh in a little bit on your um, subject, and then I'm going to get off the line. You know, what I find interesting about humans, you know, in general, especially the ones that subscribe to religion, spirituality, horoscopes, astrology, and all of that, is some type of intrinsic need to know the future, to know what, you know, what the future holds for them, and or to explain away, you know, some of the reality that we live in, because earlier you all um spoke on the topic of, you know, good things happen, bad things happen. It's all about how you react to the situation. And if you're learning from that situation, you know, life is a process. You know, things happen, but are you learning from it? Maybe you can help someone else by warning them about, you know, what may have happened to you. But that's also a learning process. So maybe, you know, you learn something from that particular situation. So when that situation presents itself, if it does, then you know what to do or what not to do next time. How about that? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I, I agree with your your theory, too, that people believe in this, even um, so-called non-believers and skeptics, because we really do, we don't want to feel alone and in the dark. And maybe perhaps we're more prone to this, especially if you are the non-believer that still feels lost and still feels out of control, feels like your life is maybe not going exactly the way that you want it to go, it'd be easier to believe in this because you just want an answer or you want something or someone or some system that can give you an answer, even if it's the wrong one. Right. And some comfort. You know, we can't forget the comfort part because with some people, you know, this gives them some type of comfort knowing, well, this is why this happened or something good is going to happen to me or something wonderful is going to happen for me or or this was the future mm-hmm. holds. And, you know, just looking at the correlation between that and religion because, you know, in, in my experience with, you know, quite a few of the religious people that I've come into contact with, many of them do believe in horoscopes unless their pastor preaches against it. You know, but some of them still sneak over and read it in a daily paper. But anyway, I just wanted to show the little parallels there, and I'm going to go ahead and let you all continue on. Great show, guys. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much, Kim. All right, this next one, it ties right into um, astrology and and that is... Uh, one more thing, you know, just to make sure that we're clear on that whole sexual harassment thing. They're saying the match make a line, jack off or something like that before you call, and we'll talk about the topic at hand. I'm not, we're not here to make you a match because I had to pull this out. <laughs> Off the damn line. And Kim, you know, graciously gives us this time and space to to have a good good show and everything, and if she takes offense to it and is uh, 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 and um really sees that that's an issue, you and her are gonna have to deal with that, and it's not gonna be pretty. So let's let's uh let's continue with the show and have a good time. Thank you for that. Um, no our next bit of BS is the tarot. Everybody who has not heard of a tarot has obviously never watched a horror movie or a movie centered around 
angels and demons or witches and wizards ever in their life because everybody knows about the tarot. Um, the tarot historically is with a pack of playing cards with four suits, um, commonly numbering 78 cards. And it yeah, started off they're pretty in, big, too. Mm-hmm, but now the cards no longer have four suits. They're not like the playing cards that we play with anymore. They're, they're actually designated tarot cards with um, different ah. depictions on them. The tarot cards used to be playing cards, 78 playing cards. Now the playing cards we have are a deck of 54. And tarot cards are much larger cards with depictions of um, of of um, different characters on them that are supposed to represent um, different things in your life. Um now, um, for some people, they go, the number one reason, apparently, that people go to tarot, and I did not know, um, I did not know this beforehand, was not to learn about their future, but to learn about their love life, whether they were in a relationship or they just wanted desperately to be in a relationship. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I always look at it, and especially in a horror movie, Normally, the tarot card reader is pretty much is known to be full of shit, especially in a horror movie. And you'll see the little tricks of what they do. And then sometimes they use it to import doom, to say this is what is going to happen and everything like that, or this is what is happening around you. You know, if you believe that randomized cards can t- describe anything about you, then this is probably something that you're probably not even going to consider debunking. Oh, but it's not like astrology. It doesn't tell you about you. It tells you straight up about your future. Like, this will happen to yeah. you. You're going to go through this, et cetera. Now, before I delve into um, tarot, I just want to give another shout-out to Compass 120 Apparel. Please go ahead and like their Facebook page. It's Compass 120 Apparel, and their website is compass120.com. For all of our listeners tonight, the coupon code BFT Radio. That's BFT Radio will give you 10% off any purchase at their awesome store of these amazing um, T-shirts for the free thinker. Okay, so back to the topic. Um, Tarot basically tells you not only your future, like what's going to happen to you, but even decisions that you will make. Um, And it's sort of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like you're going to do this, you're going to do that not even so much as such and such will happen to you, but the mm. actions that you will take. Um, there are 78 cards in the tarot, but the most commonly heard ones, like the ones we all hear in movies are the fool, the magician, the high priestess, the emperor, the empress, the lovers, um, the tower, the star, the moon. The fool card is um, an indicator of newness, purity, open heart, in general, this card would indicate new beginnings. People who just got out of a relationship really, really love this card because the tarot reader always tells them, oh, the fool means you're going to get into a new relationship, new beginnings, yay. Yeah. Um, but the appearance of the fool usually means that you are, in traditional tarot, means that you aren't ready for a commitment yet. Mm-hmm. Um, in finances, the fool ironically enough, is supposed to be positive. It means that you can expect an increase. In health, the full means that you're accident-prone. Mm-hmm. Um, 
then there's the high priestess. In every single movie that ever had a tarot reader, they read the high priestess. Every, right. every single movie ever made. The high priestess is a very spiritual card with sexual overtones. Um, in general, this card means that it's time to rely on your intuition and inner knowledge rather than your conscious mind and your intellect. Wonderful. Telling people to go with your gut instead of your common sense is always a good idea. Right. We know how that worked out for so many people. Um, in work, it means there's a pleasant surprise coming your way, maybe a new job opportunity. In love, it means that this is a really good time for love. If you date women, um, you will be interested in a woman who is di- di- distant and unapproachable. But trust your instincts and go for her anyway, a.k.a. be a stalker. Um, <laughs> in finances, um, it means that someone may not be completely honest with you regarding finances, so you should probably go stab your business partner in the neck. Disclaimer, I'm not telling anyone to go stab their business partner in the neck. <laughs> um, in health, it means that there's some information about your health that, may, that has not yet come to light, but you should go see a doctor if something doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Um, there are the you lover's cards. Exactly, right? You need a card to tell you to go to see your doctor. <laughs> the lover's card is associated with the astrological sign Gemini, the twins. But it always points to partnerships. It's not just for lovers, but it's for business partners and other type of partnerships as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, when this card appears, it means that love is going to take the center stage into your life, and maybe everything else will take a back seat. Um, in health, you're going to be facing health challenges. So that's a great because you've met the love of your life, but you're going to be spending your your great majority of your time at the hospital. Yay! Mm-hmm. Um, the Wheel of Fortune, we see this a lot in movies too. The Wheel of Fortune um, basically says that things are changing. You need a card to tell right. you that things are always changing. Um, life, the work, changing. Love, changing. Finances, changing. This is the laziest tarot card in life. But basically, um, if you're going to trust some stranger who charges $10 an hour to have you pick from a deck of 78 cards <laughs> and then tell you tell you this very vague information, then you you and your money deserve to be parted. That is all I have to say about that. <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I see there are a lot of second readers in my uh, my town. Well, there's a few of them. Everything is just I just find it funny. Just find it funny that a randomized deck of cards can tell you that stuff. But anyway, they kind of. Um, it's like, and I don't I mean, even understand why nobody understands that the fortune or your future would be based on something so stupid as how they shuffle the card and what card mm-hmm. you happen to pick, which is directly exactly. influenced by how they shuffled the deck. Exactly. Exactly. I just the the, the I mean first I mean I want somebody to prove this. I mean, I'm gonna see. That's your experiment. Didn't they, didn't James Randy um, offer like a million dollars to somebody to somebody who would do a psychic prediction or something like that? He's for he's been offering of, a million dollars for a lot of things. Psychics, people mm-hmm. who claim that they were they were into telekinesis. It's actually another thing we're mm-hmm. we're going to talk about um, later on in the hour. Um, telekinesis and telepathy. There are some non-believers that believe in that. Um, but 
No one was able to do it. There was a guy who said that he could bend spoons with his mind, and that shit didn't happen. And then he got put on blast in front of the whole nation. So, um, if I have yeah. a superpower, the last thing I'd be doing is on TV doing parlor tricks, man. Honestly, if I had a superpower, like no matter how insignificant I thought the superpower is, I wouldn't tell anybody because I wouldn't want to end up in a lab being a science experiment. But that's just me. <laughs> you I know, it's kind of related. Related to a um, we a, a, several shows ago, we had a show on um, on healing and whatnot. Have you heard of the chakras? No. Chakras, chakras, or something. Oh no, like no, that. no! Yeah, I've heard of chakras. Um, they're a big thing in Kundalini yoga. It's a style of yoga that I used to practice and still do on and off. And mm-hmm. it's supposed to balance the chakras. Now, what it does do is help regulate your hormones, but I don't know what if it does anything at all for chakras, whatever they are. I would just fast forward every time they started chanting about healing mm-hmm. your chakras. I would just fast forward the DVD. Yeah, I mean, real quick, real quick, you know, um, the, um, the seven chakras are the energy centers in, in our bodies, which flows through, you know, I guess they flow the, the spine and whatnot, and can often lead to heal, heal, um, illness and black energy in our seven chakras can often lead to illness. There's the root chakra, the sacral chakra, the solar plexus chakra, the heart chakra, throat, third eye, and crown. And because um, mm-hmm. I don't know much, I, I've glanced it, glanced through this before. I don't know much about it, so this is gonna be real quick because I don't really give a shit. But look, root chakra represents our foundation or, or feeling feeling grounded. The sacral chakra, our connection and ability to accept others and new experiences. The solar plexus, our uh, ability to be confident and in control of our lives. Heart chakra, our ability to love. Throat chakra, our ability to communicate. Third eye chakra, our ability to no, our ability to focus on and see the big picture. And uh, this is only between your eyes and everything like that. And the seventh is the crown chakra, the highest chakra, represents our ability to, to be fully connected spiritually. And once again, just like any other belief we've come up with, somebody has thought this out, and somebody believes this, and. Any proof of it actually actually working beyond someone saying, "Yeah, it worked for me," is not going to be found. You're not going to find anything about that. I'm well aware that certain types of meditation and movements and stuff like that can train your body to be healthier and deal with stuff a lot better. But as far as you're telling me, uh, certain points of your body body hold particular characteristics that relate to this or that and stimulating those things can change how you see the world or something like that. I don't know. But uh, I, I think um, stone um, stone uh, massages. Hold on. I'm going to go back to what you said about the throat chakra, which affects your ability to communicate. So you mean to tell me all this time they've been trying to figure out what causes speech impediments when all along these people just had a blocked throat chakra? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. If my mom had known this, she wouldn't have paid all that money um, to to get rid of my stutter when I was a kid. Right. Yeah, she could have just had some that. guru, like, unblock my throat chakra. Yep, yep, exactly. That's oh, what it, man. That's, that's, yep. 
you know, I just broke the root chakra, is it your, your tailbone, uh, represents our foundation and feeling of being grounded. Emotional issues include survival issues such as financial independence, money, and food. So your financial independence, right, and money is related to a point in your ass, not your brain, your ass. So I don't know how you work that out. Maybe you have. I, you know, I don't want to say anything derogatory other than the stuff I've already said, but I'm just finding it to be a bit hard to believe that my financial security is related to my ass. That's just me, though. No, it's not. It's your it's your sacral chakra. Boom. <laughs> but the moral of that story is constipated people are broke people. <laughs> Gotta get more fiber, huh? Yep. If you get some Metamucil, the money will just come raining down. Well, you know they say Tywin Lannister shits gold, so maybe he's in tune with I mean, that. I mean, come on, come on. Like, don't you think that it's more than a coincidence that you have rich old people here in Florida who drink prune juice and prune juice makes you unconstipated <laughs> and they go to the bathroom. It's not a coincidence that they're drinking that prune juice and they have that money. Hell no. Mm-hmm. Now, if, I, if you start drinking that lemonade, your your throat shocker will be unblocked too, and you know, because it, it helps with sore throats and stuff. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. like a good old fashioned lemonade. night. Yep, yep. Um, the next one, I think it's one that you wanted to bring up, something called the nature of vibration in the spiritual dimension. You didn't need to tell me about this because I had not heard of it before. It's something I've seen, just like chakras, I've seen it in passing, related to people believing that we send out vibrations and who, how you relate to the people is how you vibrate and how they receive those vibrations. Let me read the next third of the page. In the physical world, different rates of vibration result in different kinds of effects. But if, but vibrations that are high on the physical plane may be low on the spiritual plane. The key is knowing how vibration is defined differently on the spiritual plane compared to the physical. In the spiritual dimension, negative energy is lower vibration because it is denser and heavier. Positive energy is higher vi- vibration because it is finer and lighter. How you weighed positive and negative energy, I don't know. But, you know, uh, we'll let that, we'll let them explain it. All negative energy makes you feel trapped and heavy. All positive energy makes you feel like, feel free and light. That's just between joy and grief, peace and stress, clarity and frustration. Um, it is important to know that energy affects more energy, energy attracts more energy of the same kind. Positive emotions attract more positive emotions, whereas negative emotions attract more negative emotions. Energy on the spiritual spiritual plane will also attract corresponding scenarios on the physical plane. Feeling positive will result in more good things happening to you as if you are charmed or magnetic towards blessings. Feeling negative will lead to more undesirable things happening as if you are cursed or can't seem to help pulling bad things into your life. Um, And I'll... I've looked at people talk about that on Facebook and stuff like that, 
you know, it's vibrating, you know, different wavelengths and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell that shit means. A lot of them are like the really like um a lot of the the conscious um brothers and sisters out here, a lot of the mm-hmm. five percenters really like to talk about vibrations and wavelengths and higher consciousness mm-hmm. and things like that. And then like right. the next minute you disagree with them and it's all kinds of bitch and hoes and Negro peeing. And it's like, but what happened to the higher consciousness and the wavelength? Whatever. This idea <laughs> exactly. assumes, this idea completely takes away not only individuality, but individual and personal responsibility in my mind. Um, so what was Hitler doing One of the most foolish um, beliefs. Our, the organisms on this planet aren't linked any more than in the sense that we should all share a certain percentage of DNA with everything on this planet, even plants and fungi and minerals. That's as far as the mm-hmm. connection goes. And, of course, we would have that connection since we all share one planet. Um, yeah. It doesn't need to be deeper than that. The idea that you're on, you're sharing a consciousness is not only implausible but kind of creepy in a really big way. It, it, it reminds me of, like, the hive mentality of ants or bees. Right. Right. And you know me, I think it's... Holy shit! Because I just think vibrating, I mean, what are you using to send out vibration anyway? There's some type of little motor in your mind that is running and just sending out stuff and everything. I mean, people, I mean, and this relates to something else that we, I got to the debate about is energy, is that we are we are positive, we're, we are energy. When we die, that energy goes back into the universe to be reused or something like that. You remember um, You remember hearing anything about this? I think we, you might have been in several debates with me about this a few a while back. Um, and, you know, because they, they use the idea that energy can neither be created nor destroyed. So when you die, your energy, your life force goes somewhere. Where, I don't know. It goes I to the guess. ground. It goes to the ground right. to the other microorganisms living in the soil. Boom. Right. 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 <laughs> I you know, I, this is the same suggestion I had when we were talking about heaven and hell. I suggest we kill a guy, geotrack his soul, if we can find if he has a soul, and track where it goes. Okay? And if it ends up, yeah, we'll just follow it. You know, we'll just use a little, little, little thing and follow where his soul goes if he has a soul. First point of that experiment is to prove that there is a soul. You ever heard of noetic sciences? The what? You ever heard of noetic science? No, I have not. All right. All Apparently, um, one of the astronauts, when he went up to to the moon, looked back. It was was Edgar Mitchell. He was on Apollo 14. And um, he um, decided to, you know, he looked at, the moon, I mean, looked back at the Earth and decided that, um, uh, according to the quote, the presence of divinity became almost palpable, and I knew that in the life, in a life, I knew that life in the universe was not just an action based on random processes. Knowledge came to me directly, and so he founded the Institute of Noetic Sciences. And basically, the, the institute identifies three principal areas of interest. 
extended human capabilities, integral health and healing, and emerging world views. And apparently, I think something I read before that I can't find right now said that they actually weighed a soul. What? You know what I'm and uh, weighed a soul. And uh, this is our even. This is even exposed. Okay, uh, so for okay, so if like if I let's just I'm not, but let's assume for the sake of hypothetical situations that I were having weight problems, could I like blame the excess weight on my soul? I, I forget how it was done, and I might even be wrong how I'm looking at it. But um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at looking it up right now. I think what it is, they somebody was dying of some shit, and they waited for him to die, and they saw that his his body dropped like a like a like a small infinitesimal amount, and that was like, okay, yeah, his, you know, he had a soul and shit. And Actually, um, that happens when you hold your breath. Yep. Like if yep, you wait, yep, so. if you if you have if you have an accurate enough scale, you weigh yourself on the exhale, and then you weigh yourself on the inhale. There will be a minute difference in weight. Yeah. See, that that might have been what it is, and um, it Dan Brown referenced it in his book and everything. So I haven't waited way too much in it because I thought it was bullshit. Um, I mean, so, the only Dan Brown books I've read were Angels and Demons, which was amazing, and The Da Vinci Code, which was great, but a bit overrated. Um, but I haven't read any of his other books. And the only reason I read those books were because um, the people at my church were protesting it. So I was like, oh, I want to read now. <laughs> 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 they were protesting The Da Vinci Code, and I found out the Angels and Demons, um, that The Da Vinci Code was a sequel to Angels and Demons. So, of course, I read both. So they just gave that, that book tons of attention because after I read it, I told everybody to go out and read it. Um, and, yeah, I got at least 16 people to go out and read that book. So thank you, protesters at church, um, for, <laughs> you know, helping Dan, Dan Brown's career out. <laughs> Hey, we got a Skype call right quick. So, Ooh. person with the mysterious number of one 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 one. Talk to him. Hello. Hey. Hello. 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 Hi there. How y'all doing tonight? Great. All right. Who's speaking? This is Sean. Hi, Sean. Oh, awesome. Hey, would would y'all mind if I? kind of switch gears on the topic real quick? Um, sure. What would you like to talk about? I just wanted to know what you guys thought about, and I know this is scary, but ghosts. Like, do you guys think they're real? And if they are, what do we do as humans to protect ourselves against them? Um, I'll go first. Um, I don't think that ghosts are real. Um, a lot of times people are who people who already believe in ghosts get scared when they hear things like creaky noises, which is really just a house settling or a loose floorboard or a creaky door that well, needs to be oiled or they see wind, um, you know, and it's just fall and it's windy outside or something like that. Um, I've never had a paranormal experience. I come from an island where people believe in things like that. Um, you know, Haitians in general believe in ghosts and demons and zombies and all those kind of things, like very scared of them, to the point where most Haitian adults, especially women, are afraid to go out at night, like walking well, around at night alone. And I, I've never seen any evidence for such a thing. Well, what if I, they could 
I just don't know. Like, because what if maybe all your people on your island, maybe they're on to something. Like, they've had so many disasters happen there. What if it was ghosts doing But I don't know. But That's most, of, most of Haiti's problems are caused by um, the debt that we have to the World Bank and natural disasters. I don't think ghosts can cause earthquakes. I mean, it's just a bad location geographically. There's really no getting around that. And then when you're an island, you, that's that you're susceptible, you're susceptible to tsunamis. When it, if it, you're susceptible to earthquakes, and because Haiti has is a mountainous country, they're also um, susceptible to volcanic eruptions. That hasn't happened yet. But even if it should happen, that's just a matter of geography. Well, I know, but I just. I just have a hard time believing that maybe one of those things. I'm not saying all of them, but maybe one of them was caused by a ghost. Um, I mean, again, it's possible, okay. but the reason why we're doing the show in the first place is because there's no more proof for ghosts than there is of God. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, there is more proof for a creator than there is of ghosts, honestly. Okay. Um, it, it may not be one of the creators, obviously, of written in these holy scriptures, but there's even more proof of that than there are of ghosts because there have been so many ghost myths that are just consistently debunked. Right. Well, um, I know because um, you're unexplained. Yeah, okay. Well, that's we'll, that's we'll, what we were we'll talking about earlier, another, too. Just we'll because, and I just want to say this real quickly before, uh, before um, we get back to the topic, is just because something doesn't have an explanation yet or there's no explanation that we are aware of, doesn't mean that it's okay to settle for the wrong answers. I'm not right. completely dismissing the idea that there could be such a thing as ghosts or there could be such a thing as an afterlife. But we have absolutely well, uh, There's so many situations, though, where, for example, I'm the only one at my house and I go to use the restroom or something and then there's some liquid on the toilet seat, like somebody peed on the seat, and it wasn't me and there's nobody. Yeah, um, damn all that. Um, it could be. So, it could um, be you left your toilet seat up, and you have a leaky roof, and the water's coming from the ceiling. Now, interestingly Again, enough, um, yeah, that that kind of uh, goes into uh, um, because you know, and I let that run because I want to talk about that. Um, there are some atheists that I have encountered that do believe in ghosts and do believe that they've seen and interacted with ghosts, with other. Uh, uh, Beings of you know, you know, yeah, yeah, maybe they're yeah. dead or and, something um, like that. Yeah. And speaking of ghosts, there are tons of atheists that believe in mediums, who are people that claim that they can speak with both the living and the dead. Um, right. And you know, oh, I had the medium, or I had the shaman, I had the fill in the blank witch doctor, I even had the priest with the quote unquote holy water and holy oils come and eradicate my house of some of the blank demon ghost poltergeist. And right. it's a bit, it's one of those things where did this person really eradicate the ghost from your home? Or did they just give you the peace of mind to start thinking clearly again and see things for what they were? Right. Right. And, it, you know, um, I mean, it, you know, you can't really tell somebody they haven't seen that, right? You know, because um, one of the people I was talking to said they actually saw it, it was of a loved one, and um, the 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 being, the spirit, or whatever it was, moved something or something like that, and, and and so I can't tell them that what they're seeing wasn't the truth. You know what I'm saying? That you know something like that. I want to, but I don't want to be an asshole on top of that. But mm-hmm. I'm like, 
where is that like anything else we've talked about this this tonight, where is it coming from? You know what I'm saying? If you believe in ghosts, do you also have to believe in a spirit or a soul? If there's a spirit of a soul or a soul, where did that come from? It does that have a divine divine um uh, um origin as well. You know what I'm saying? And you know you have just to, for the sake of discussion, I will say that I don't think you need to believe in a God to believe in ghosts. I don't think you need to believe in a God to believe in an afterlife. However, right. these things in my mind take much more to believe than to believe in right. a creator. I think it's more difficult, right. for me anyway, to believe in ghosts and afterlife than it is to believe in a, in a creator. And I'm not talking right. about a, a creator god, like a being who's omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient. Just a creator. It could be another species of uh, of sentient beings on another planet. It could be aliens. It could just be a, a supernatural being with superpowers. But I could believe in that before I could believe in ghosts or an after, afterlife simply because there's far, far less evidence for that. Um, right the the continuity of human life, the fact that every organism on life shares DNA with every other organism on the planet, um, it shows a singularity of thought if we should have been, um, the creation of a sentient being. But I've right. never seen a ghost before. I've never seen things people have attributed to ghosts that ended up being ghosts. Um, I've never seen an afterlife, and the people who are honest with themselves, who who you know um, who died and resuscitated, said they didn't see a damn thing either. Right. So, right. Um, there's no reason that I'm going to believe in an afterlife, um, especially and we know this, especially the ones that are that are depicted in religion where you have a place of great joy or a place of intense, infinite suffering. It's completely ridiculous and incongruent with life as we know it on earth, which has joy and pain interspersed throughout. Right. Right. It's interesting. I like this. I like this. I like Even the trolls are, you know, kind of, you, you see how we're flipping that, we use the negative. See, this is goes back to some of that bullshit we were just talking about. We use the negative troll energy to keep the show going. We do this shit. We're professionals at this. Don't call the bullshit <laughs> believe it. We're going to use it to make fun of your dumb ass, or we're going to use it to enhance the show. One way or another, you're not going to defeat us. We cannot be defeated. Okay. All right. What else you got on there? Uh, um, I have the three T's and an A, and it's not what you're thinking. Clear your dirty mind. Uh, I'm talking about telekinesis, <laughs> telepathy, <laughs> teleportation, and astral projection. First astral on the list, telekinesis. Yeah. Everybody who's seen Carrie, what you saw was a fictional depiction of telekinesis, being able to move things with your mind. Telekinesis yeah. was that power that I wanted so bad when I was a kid. Yeah. Because I saw Matilda and I saw Carrie and I'm like, oh, I'm so jealous. These chicks are moving things yeah, in mind. I want to move things in my mind. I want to get back at my principle, you know, um, like Matilda did with Miss Trunchbull. If you haven't watched that movie, I don't know what you're doing with your life. You're not living right at all. But um, I so wanted to be able to have telekinesis and move things with my mind and just be awesome. Right. That's a hell of a power. Um, 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 
Telepathy, telepathy is being able to communicate with another person mentally. Not the same right. as being able to read minds. But for two people, um, and this, this thing about telepathy too, you could maybe we're all telepathic and just haven't met that person that we could have a telepathic conversation with. Uh, telepathy is when two or more people are able to have a conversation with their minds alone. Now, it might it might be shits and giggles for us, but there actually was a doctor, Dr. Mengele, who was a Nazi doctor, who actually believed in twin telepathy. This, and among many other supernatural abilities that he thought twins possessed, caused him to um, capture and torture and do ridiculously heinous, cruel, barbaric experiments on twins in um, a particular concentration camp. Yeah. He did everything from torturing one twin to see and trying to see if the other twin would feel it, um, things like that, um, even um, trying to impregnate twins with 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 um with animals, seeing if they could carry animal fetuses and things like that. It was horrific. And this is what what happens when you take something that seems so innocuous. And I'm pretty sure the idea of a god seemed innocuous at the time. Oh, he made a song. He loved us all. Yay. And now puts it into this where people are, women are stolen in the streets for showing their ankles. And um, children are given purity rings and shamed out of premarital sex. And right. we have gotten into endless wars over who has the better god. So it right. all seems fun and games at first, but it's not. Um, right. right. There are people that actually believe that telepathy is an actual thing. Right. Um, so, um, you know, let's let's not get too caught up, and 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 remember that these are not proven. These are things right. that we see in science fiction movies and we read in science fiction books, and it should remain that way. Science fiction emphasis on the fiction. Fiction. Um. Um. The next one is teleportation the ability to move from one place to another just by willing it. I.e. jumper. Jumper, yes, that's exactly it. Actually, when I saw that movie, I totally wished I had that power as well. And, like, I'm not even going to front. If I had that power, I would have done the exact same thing that he did. Um, NSA, I didn't mean that, if you're listening. I didn't mean that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, But... Yeah, it's an, it will be an awesome ability to have. Um, and, of course, astral projection is the last one. And astral projection is if, not to be confused with teleportation, you are not physically there. You have moved your consciousness, your mind and your thoughts, um, right. in, in, in a spiritual plane, but your body through the spiritual plane, but your body yeah. remains stationary. So right. you can see things and you can communicate, but you can't touch anything or anyone um, in your astral state. Now, right. I am the proud owner of the um, the um, the Book of Shadows, which was a, a Wicca, a, a book that was published by a Wiccan um, in the 60s. And in one of the chapters, it has information or instructions on how one can learn to astral project. Yeah. I'm so ashamed to admit that I actually follow the directions and absolutely nothing <laughs> happened. 
But then, but then I saw the movie Insidious, and I was glad that nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's amazing, man. Um, I, I, I want. I mean, when I watched X X Men, I know I, I always want to read minds and whatnot. And so when I, um, and one of the uh, one of the mutants could control could control people through t- telekinesis. Telepathy, mm-hmm. my bad. And I always thought that was so cool because just think of all the shit you could do and not be charged with it. Hey, random guy, go rob that bank and have me the money or something like that, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But the astral possession, I read, there was one of the books I read by uh, someone I really was, because uh, even though I don't believe in anything paranormal, I like paranormal fiction and stuff like that. And one yeah, of me writers, too. Yeah, one of my one of my writers was a, uh, a black author, L.A. Banks, and she has a you know she has a lot of books and whatnot. And one of the thing one of the uh, uh, central themes was a lot of the stuff we were talking about, including uh, astral projection. And one of the one of the story one of the one of the parts in the Bible, excerpt, I mean not, not Bible book, had these two characters having in, intimate sex. And then also meeting on the astral astral plane and having sex as well, and it just created like orgasm times a thousand. I'm like, so hold on, they're having like physical, shit. they're having physical intercourse, and they're having astral intercourse as well. I, I don't, I didn't at the time. I didn't get it. I still don't damn get it. It just sounds this is good. like tantric right. sex time, times two. It would be right, like something like that. Yeah. This mm-hmm. level, we're having sex on so many different levels, literally. <laughs> There's no way that sounds kind of cool, actually. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually no one of the things I wanted to bring up is I'm a huge lover of sci-fi. I know you're a huge lover of sci-fi. And I was thinking as I was doing um, the research for the show about the many different <laughs> characters that that I encountered in graphic, various graphic novels like X-Men and in shows like Heroes. And I would watch these shows and I'm like, oh, man, this probably so, oh, man, this probably so awesome. There's a character in Heroes called D.L., and um, and uh, um, an excellent character called Shadowcat, um, who can both walk through walls, or she can walk through walls. Dio on Heroes took it to another level, where he um, he he was able to walk through any solid object, including other people. And mm-hmm. those was really, and he became obviously uh, a bank robber. Because what else are you gonna do with that power? Like honestly, really, I mean that's yeah. what I would do. I'm sorry, NSA, I didn't mean that. Um and um <laughs> and in in one of the final scenes that his character was on the show, he was um faced with a nemesis and the guy turned his back to him for just a second and he reached into the guy's head and pulled his brain out. That's fucked up. That's one way to get to, to solve a problem though. Um and I hadn't even thought of that. I'm like, he can walk through people, but he actually put his hands to this man's skull and pulled his brain out. The guy was a dick, and he deserved to die. But that's not the point. I was so stunned. And then, like, two episodes later, he gets shot by a bullet to the heart because he didn't see it coming, so he didn't put himself uh-huh. in that state where things could go through him. So yeah. he got shot in the heart, and he died. And it's like, you could do all this, but you got shot by a 22? Are you serious? <laughs> Have you ever seen the movie Scanners? No, I haven't. It's this crazy sci-fi movie, like like in the 80s or something like that. And one of the opening scenes, there is a battle of telepathy. Yeah, telepathy. 
I keep making sure I'm not using the wrong word. And um, these two dudes just, you know, stare the shit out of each other with, you know, the queer, the weird eye, like, yeah, I'm beating you with your mind type of stare. And one of God's heads fucking explodes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> wow. You all have seen that shit. Oh, I man, think I think though there was one part that I wanted to have, and it was a power um, by a hero called Matt Parkman on the show Heroes, and uh-huh. it wasn't just it, he didn't have telepathy; like, he couldn't communicate mentally, but he could read minds, he could read memories, and as his power developed, he could see into the future and even trap someone in their own mind. And it was his his father's powers had advanced to that level where he could make you see something in your mind and you believe it's there. So you would just be sitting in your room, but you think you are in a maximum security prison. Right. And you really believe that this is actually happening to you. And that's what right. really like convinced me. Now, all these physical powers are great, but if you can mess with someone's mind on that deep of a level, where you have them convinced of something going on that's not going on, have them convinced that they're in a situation that they're not in, make them experience everything, any horrible thing right. under the sun, just by putting the thought into their head, you are a god at that point, really. When I played Mortal Kombat, I really wanted to be a shapeshifter. Just be taking on somebody else's, you know, mm-hmm. character, physical characteristics out of nowhere. I always thought it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, there was a character like that in X Men. Um, Morpheus could do that, but his eyes never change, and Mystique can do that. Mhm. And it was kind of awesome because, like, I I was in the same camp as Magneto where I thought she looked better in her reptilian skin. Ah, um, uh, yeah. And and when she got cured and she became, like, and she looked um, normal, she was really, really hot. I never thought, I never liked her when she was trying to be somebody else. Right. Mm. You want to kill I, me? But, you know, you think about these powers, and you you kind of, you kind, I can kind of understand why some adults would still want to believe in such a thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, yep. Helps you deal with the drudgery of your own failed reality, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, I saw Splash when I was eight years old, and I wanted to be a mermaid for, like, a week. Do you realize you would have no feet? No, no, but all I need, I would just blow dry my feet like she did, and then I'd have feet again. Well, damn. You don't remember that scene? Yeah, I remember that. She dried off her fin. And all she had to do yeah. was to get the tail back was jump into salt water. So she would, every night she would take a bath and put some more salt in the tub and her fin would come back. Oh, yeah, 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 I remember that. that yeah, that Daryl Hannah. Mm-hmm. She's so, so pretty in that movie, too. Um, and I just remember, like, I really want to be a mermaid. I really want to be a mermaid. And for a while, I had myself convinced that I was a mermaid and I just hadn't mm-hmm. matured yet. And that when I turned 13, I would have a tail. Yeah. <laughs> On air confessions. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was, I was, I had a wild imagination as a kid. I was convinced that the sun and the moon were lovers. And they rarely got to see each other during an eclipse. And the moon and the stars are their children. But 
if I said good morning to Mr. Sun and good night to the moon every single night, that made them feel less lonely. This is a story that I was conv- I convinced myself was true when I was like three years old. I was that kid. Ah. See, this is see this ah. is why I have to write. Otherwise, this type of ridiculous thinking is gonna drive me crazy. <laughs> mhm. Or had you actually thinking that your shit is valid? Like, yeah, exactly. They're exactly. born a different month for me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we got no time to rattle off uh, numerology if you want to do that. Numerology, yay. Um, I was trying to say that one for last. Actually, no, um, there's one i got to get into before numerology, and that okay, cool. is the um, the Cabalarian philosophy. It's a science of names. It doesn't just tell you what a name means, and everybody knows those baby name calculators, and we've all been in the grocery stores where there are names that tell, where there are books that tell you the meanings of individual names. No, 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 no. The Cavalarian philosophy tells you what your name as you are today means, how your name has shaped who you are as an individual. They do it based on your name and your birthday. So I decided to take one for the team and get a report done um, on their site. Um and this is what it had to tell me. It was, it was a very, very, very detailed report. Um, it analyzed my name, analyzed the purpose of my life, my relationship to my compatibility, my career selections, my current destiny, um, recommendations for me, and they even gave me a three-month cycle chart based on my birth date. Analysis ah. of my name. Exactly. Um, analysis of my name is the first thing that they gave me. Um, let me see. Let me go down here. My first name. Now, you tell me how true this is. It says that I am rather quiet, reserved, serious, studious, um, that I have a sensitivity and appreciation for the finer and deeper things of life, the beauties of nature, music, art, and literature. The people who mean the most to me are those who can offer me intellectual companionship. It is only when I'm among people who understand my deeper nature that I can really be myself. The experience of of having my remarks taken lightly or belittled, particularly during the early years of my life, has caused me to keep some thoughts and feelings to myself. I do not express myself spontaneously when conversing with others. Hence, other people may regard me as being aloof or even unfriendly. I was rather taken aback by how accurate this is, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, <laughs> um, to, but um, to be fair, I had gone on one of those baby name sites, and I finally found one that had my name, and it said that my name meant intellectual and industrious. I'm not sure how industrious I am. Honestly, I really wish that I worked harder. And People tell me that I work hard very often, people in my personal life, but I always feel when I'm not working, that I should be working. I'm not one of those relaxed type of people. So I was a little bit taken aback by how accurate the first name was. Mm. And then it went to my last name where it said, my family lacked structure and there was a lot of dysfunction. And I was taken aback by that as well, not only because it was accurate, but because usually in these sort of things, they tell you all the nice things. They don't tell you all the really, really bad things. Mm. Um, But then it went on and on and on and on. It says your life path, your your career date. This is the purpose. Oh, this is my purpose in life. Um, I should get into 
maybe you tell me if you think I would be good at one of these career forms. Public speaking, art, drama, music, design, or writing. <laughs> no, what you do you think? terrible at all that. <laughs> so the Caliban philosophy, again, mine was insanely accurate, but, again, it is a matter of um, confirmation bias. Right. Because what I did is I entered my one of my best friend's name and her birthday and her email, and it had her pegged all wrong, like really wrong. As far as they were concerned, hers wasn't terribly different from mine, which I thought was odd because we were born in the same year, but we didn't. We aren't born in the same month. We don't. Our names do not resemble another one another even a little bit. And her report couldn't have been further off the mark. So all astrology and the Cavalarian philosophy taught me was that I'm a really, really good person for these sort of people to exploit because. I'm easily pegged, but um, it was it couldn't have been more wrong about her, and that was kind of like that was kind of deflating me because I thought, does one of these bullshit pseudosciences actually work? And then I found out, no, it really doesn't work. It's still BS. Now, our last and my personal favorite is numerology. It's another pseudoscience. Uh. And um, it basically is a science of just adding up the letters in your name via the um, alphabetical numerology, the, in your birth date, things like that, and coming up with what it means in regards to your current situation and your future. For example, my life path number is a six. This tells them that I'm romantic, peace-loving, compassionate, considerate, and live to love. Um, I want to give back to the world, et cetera, et cetera. And while this describes me, I feel like it describes a lot of young women. You know, the, the thing about numerology is uh, there was a show I used to listen to, and um, this woman would call in a numerologist all the time. And she would be relating stuff like why uh, – Tom Brady and whoever the hell he played for, I don't know shit about sports, so back up off me. Won the Super Bowl. Um, his birthday is this. Uh, his coach's birthday is that. It was this date. It was this score. That breaks down the dead, and that's why they won. You know, and, you know, like she would say, like somebody would call in, and she would like, you are four life path, and this person here is a five life path. Y'all are compatible, and stuff like that. And I'm like, all this is based on the fact that somebody had to invent a numerical system before you could even work with it. And mm-hmm. um, and just listening to it, it's like, what, what, I mean, what is the significance of the numbers? You know what I'm saying? And why is, I mean, why are you, why does breaking, I mean, because one, uh, one thing, um, uh, um, I read, you know, it's like, um, like, uh, like my birthday is 82779. And eight, two, and seven breaks down to nine. Nineteen seventy-nine breaks down to uh, ten, twenty-six, or something like that. I forget how that stuff goes. And then when you break it down, that final number means something and everything. And from what I, from what I was told, there are different types of numerology. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
There's one that, yeah, there's, uh, there's numerology that focuses on the dates, uh, the numbers in the month, date, and year of your birth. Numerology that focuses on different, the, the letters of your name, and each letter of the alphabet is designated a particular number. For example, my name starts with E. E is designated a five. So um, let's say my first name would be five plus four plus five plus three, mm-hmm. plus seven, right. plus five, plus five, E-M-E-L-Y-N-E. Right. Um, Mario would be four plus one, plus nine, plus nine, plus six. And then there are, you know, the designations that they give to the the, um, the, the South Indian system has different, that has different numbers assigned for each letter. Um, the Chinese numerology has another system. Then you got to take the numerology of the birth dates. Then you got to take the numerology of the various zodiac signs. There's a numerology designated to your zodiac sign, whether that be Western, Gaelic, um, Vedic. It, it's never ending. You could literally add these numbers forever. This is like the perfect pseudoscience for people with numerical OCD. Mm. See, and see, well, yeah, I'm looking at this now. <laughs> oh, snap. We only have four minutes left. We um, do. Oh, I really hope that you guys, uh, we've done a good job of explaining why this is just as ridiculous, if not more so, than religious belief. And once again, I want to give a shout-out to Compass 120 Apparel. Please like their Facebook page and go on over to their website, compass120.com. Use the code BFT Radio. That's BFT Radio for an, a ten percent off your purchase on amazing gear for the free thinker. Right, and um, this is you know this has been a very very good conversation. Even the trolls were interesting, and the uh, the uh, even the you know I found the uh, potential rapist to be a bit humorous because it just sounded so ridiculous. Not the then you know, it's just it just sounds so stupid. But um, oh man, we didn't we didn't even get a chance to talk about the 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 weirdest one of all. Which one? Fate, aka kismet, aka destiny. There are lots yeah, of free thinkers that believe in that. We maybe we should dedicate another show to that. Um, that and we'll have some panelists on, and everyone can give me give us their thoughts on. On free thinkers who still believe in the concept of destiny. Yeah, we're, we're gonna have to do that because we only got like two minutes left. So, um, yeah, that's you, so you, you heard it. We're gonna come up with another show for this and um, expand on the topic. Sunday's show will be featuring Kim, the politics of the God concept. That'll be noon CST, which is one um, Eastern everything. Uh, great show, great conversation. Uh, um, uh, um, sponsors. Yeah, it was um, it was great. Tons of laughs on this one because right. uh, these these um these these pseudoscientists can be quite entertaining. But again, and I want to reiterate, like I did um, earlier, if anyone does wait, believe wait, this, wait. don't don't ever let it take over your life because it can be a huge problem. Right. And thank you again. Once again, check out that code for Compass 120. Run it again right quick, M. we got less than a few seconds. Okay, never mind. 
right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and sign on, out, <laughs> sign on out now. Y'all have a great weekend. Have a great Thank weekend. You. Where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night. Free thought, we don't walk by faith in the lost mind state, cause it's not quite safe. We don't recruit, we're not peers from a church. So don't be spooked, we're not here to convert. The only truth is not pulled from a text. Show me proof that's not good after death. This is the challenge to think for yourself. Break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt. 310-982-4273 to get through A venue for community and this is the zone If you'd like to speak with Kim then pick up the phone 310-982-4273 to get through The next tree branch is Rainer and it's best you listen to Reason, science, and skepticism It's loaded with straight facts, inspiring and dope She can make Bill Nye retire his lab coat Humans are hilarious and every other Friday I'd like to hear commentary on culture people So I hit up Super Mario and bring in Emmeline To discuss why we're capable of ultra evil It's normal for my brain to have a two-way street But if there's collisions, well then you got to just mention it And don't be afraid of where the truth may lead Ignoring your position of cognitive dissonance When Father Teresa preaches, it's hard <laughs>